just uh, wild when you you stand there and you're you're worshiping and somebody comes up to you and says, I don't know, but whatever God tells you to do, do it. Just fill the Lord on that. Um, so we ours this morning. I got home because I had to take my wife to the hospital. And in that time, I was told late last night that, you know, you don't have to preach tomorrow. Don't, just just stop. It's so late in the night. And I called Brother Shane or texted him, and I was like, Shane, man, can you throw together a message? Shane was like, sure. But the, the, the shepherd... In my heart and my soul, as the night was going on, I, I was trying to catch some sleep in the car. And I'm sharing all this for a reason. You know, it's funny. The devil don't want you to do something when your rib starts rolling and all that. But wee hours of the morning, a, a car full of teenagers pulls up next to me. And they walk over to the side of the building. And I'm going somewhere with this. And I want you all to be thinking when I say this. As I'm watching them walk up, I was just like, man, you got to go pray for them. So I walked over to him and I told him, I said, you don't know me from Adam. I said, but the Lord has prompted me to pray for you all. Uh, and I asked, was it male or female? And they said male. And of course, they said his name. And in the midst of me praying, I didn't feel like saying, Lord, heal him. Or, Lord, be with him. It was just, Lord, help this family. Bring them joy in their time. You just get that check in your spirit. So I walk into my wife's room after they got her back, and I'm sitting at the end of the bed, and I told her, I said, you know, that family out there, because the guy was over in the next room, and I said, you know, He's dead. She goes, yeah, I know. I heard him working on him. And I was reminded right there in that moment. And I, I told Alicia, I said, you know, I don't know what I'd do without you. I have you all a church body, a church family. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're not my wife. That's my wife. And I got told by one of the elders this morning, don't ever say that about death when your wife is in the hospital with something going on with her heart. Like, you're not a good motivational speaker. I said, no, definitely not that. But I say that because here you have life on this side of the wall and then death on that side of the wall. We are always that close to our maker turning the page. And there we are. And that's, I really started thinking on that. And I was like, no, you got to preach tomorrow. You are the shepherd. You don't get to say, well, I, I had to stay up all night and, and I'm, I'm tired or I'm slap happy. It, it didn't work that way. Even when I got up this morning, Brother Shane texted me bright and early, do you need me to? And I'm already texting Pastor Joel. And I'm like, man, just, just pray that, that I can be like Moses and have someone come along and hold my arms up this morning because we're going to make it through it. 
And they, they say, you know, some people will say, well, don't get in the pulpit and do that. But you know what, man? Listen, as a pastor of this church, I need to let y'all know where I'm at. Not every day's peaches and cream on Mulberry Street. That's why I was so thankful when that song was on, Great Are You, Lord. Because even in the midst of everything, of me not knowing what's going on just right there at my house, not knowing it over these next few moments, great are you, Lord. And it is his breath in our lungs. And we need to be appreciative of that today. And if you're not saved, my, my prayer by the end of the sermon is this. Not nothing that William Earl Vittito Sr. can say, but only what the Holy Spirit could do would convict and draw you near unto him for repentance, for salvation. So this morning as we're transitioning over and we're, we're moving into what elders and deacons and last week we talked about what the word meant to the church being Christ Jesus. This week I, I want to let you kind of know a few things that the pastor, the people should expect of their pastor and then also 10 things that should be expected of you, the church member. So we're going to look at what it should mean to be a member of a local church or of the church in general let's 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 call the bride of christ as a whole let's look at it as a whole not just vision of hope community church but i will tie in vision of hope community church this morning so this morning would ask uh, if you do have a bible or a smartphone or anything if you would go on and be flipping over to the book of acts we was in acts last week going to be in acts again this week actually going to be in acts chapter two and we're going to cover over 10 verses this morning and I love that I didn't mark my spot in my Bible. But thank goodness it's my personal Bible because it's like in your personal Bible, you know right where to go. Give me a different Bible, I'll be flipping for days. So Acts chapter 2 would ask out of reverence for the Lord Jesus Christ and His Holy Word, if you would stand for the reading of God's Word this morning. If you do not have your Bibles, it will be on the monitor behind me. Starting in verse 37, it says this. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who, would, all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning 
humble, Lord Jesus. Father, we ask over these next few moments, may your word go forth. Father, may it pierce, penetrate, and convict the hearts, minds, bodies, and souls of the believers and the unbelievers. Lord, I ask that you would hide this pastor behind the cross and let your word go forth. Nothing of me and all of you, sweet King Jesus. And we pray these things in Christ's name. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's, you may be seated. So before I attempt on what a pastor should expect of his church members, it should be best to let the people know of what they should expect of their pastor first. You don't want to dish something out without first looking onto yourself. And before a pastor should criticize his, uh, his church membership, he should take a good look at himself and his responsibilities first. So the question is this. What should the church member expect of their pastor? What should they expect? One, that he spends time in preparation with the Lord. Meaning, you should know that your pastor is thoroughly spending time in preparation. Not just throwing anything together, not just picking out a scripture and then just tying a sermon into it, but actually praying, listening to God, saying, Lord, what is it that you have me to say to the people? Because Peter and the disciples had been meeting for prayer every day prior to Pentecost. They had been studying the scriptures and making leadership decisions regarding the health of the church prior to that great day. Where do we find that at? In the first chapter of Acts. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Notice that all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. They was coming together in preparation for what was to come on the great day of Pentecost. I'm sure they didn't know what was fitting to happen, but they was coming together seeking out God. And that is something the pastor must do. Then a pastor must live a spirit-filled Christian life. Now, don't get it twisted. A pastor is still a human being. This pastor, there's struggles. Man, and, and you have to repent. You are not holier than thou because you're up here. You're under a radar where the, 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 the mundane Christian can just kind of slide through. Where the shepherds and the elders and the deacons, like, like we've turned our house into a glass house. But I want you to understand something. Just because you're in the pastoral office does not mean you're exempt you still fall short of the glory of God. You still do. So don't put them on this high pedestal that they're so far out of reach because at the end of the day, their heart's still beating and blood's flowing through their veins and they are still a sinner because we're still in this old earth. Too many times they put pastors on these pedestals thinking he's king of kings and lord of lords. And last time I checked, his name was Jesus. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. But Peter, he was in a public place here, and he was filled with the Spirit. 
Now I want you to ask yourself, does your pastor exhibit the fruits of the Spirit in his everyday walk? This is where it gets good. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, there is days that I'm not walking in all these fruits of the Spirit. If we're being truthful, none of us is walking in all of them every day. Somewhere throughout the day. But we have to examine that. When, when we do fall short of this, does the pastor really hit his knees and repent? If you was here Wednesday night... You, you would know, I, I couldn't even take the Lord's Supper. Things going on. Because I didn't want to take it in an unworthy manner. But thank goodness for what Christ Jesus did on the cross. That you can run to the cross, repent, give it over to him. And these fruits of the Spirit, walking in love and joy. I was able to tell a lady last night, and I think I said this last week too. She was talking about the vaccines. And, and, and I said, well, honey, I said, if you're vaccinated, I love you. And if you're not vaccinated, guess what? I still love you. I said, I'm just sick and tired of all this. It's like Democrat and Republican going back and forth. I was walking in a fruit of the Spirit in love and gentleness because I, I just wanted to dig in and say some other things, but I, I knew, no, this is not the time or the spot, and that's not glorifying Christ Jesus. So go on, leave it alone, will you? Let it go. Then here's a, another one. Is your pastor a soul winner? Are they a soul winner? Do they love souls being won into the kingdom of God? Because according to Acts 2.41, the apostle Peter here, it says, So those who received his word were baptized, and there were about, added that day, about 3,000 souls. 3,000 folks came to Christ on that day. If you ever go anywhere with me, I love to talk about Jesus. I love to talk about the hell that he's brought me from and what he's brought me out of. And I love to see people go from death to life. I love to see that, that doom and gloom look over them. And, and, and when you share Jesus Christ with them and his redeeming work and the finished work of the cross, they go from death to life. That's soul winning. Soul winning. I love soul winning. There's nothing like it. Do they take a public stand for Christ even when it's unpopular to do so? Are they willing to hit on the tough topics and say things that's unpopular? Check them for that. Or is it a tickle your ears, make you feel good, kind of pat you on the back and not say things that uh, might hurt feelings? But listen, if it goes against the Word of God, your pastor must preach and teach on that because it is the Word of God. We have to preach and teach the Word of God. It's not uh, some drive-through Jesus, come get it your way, how you want it. You'll take an extra-large Jesus today, give you a, a medium Holy Spirit, and you want a small God the Father. No, it don't work that way. Or, 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 or be light on the Bible today. It don't work like that. It's either all or nothing. All or nothing. Your pastor must love to preach and lives to preach. 
That's the one that hit me between the eyes at four o'clock this morning. Do you love to preach and live to preach? It would have been so easy to say, go on, brother, bring the message. I'm, I'm too tired. I, I don't feel it. But, but my soul longs to bring the word of God. It loves, it desires to be glorifying God. It loves to be able to help edify the body and be able to build them up. I live and breathe to teach and preach the word of God. And that's where we must be at. And does your pastor, uh, uh, does he preach at the drop of a dime? Does, does everything stop if you have an opportunity to preach? Absolutely. Absolutely. And does your preacher preach with passion and conviction? I, I get in trouble sometimes because I get a little too passionate. They say, Brother William, you're, you're getting a little loud. You might be freaking people out. No, it's called passion and zeal, and it's with deep conviction. We must be convicted by the Word of God. We must preach and teach it with passion. Does your pastor give an invitation for people to come to Christ? I'd say we do that every week around here. The end of the service, every week we do that. In verse 38 it says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice Peter encouraged them to take a public stand for Christ by coming forward and being baptized. We do this week in and week out. You say, well, it's the same old faces in here. Well, we don't really know if you're saved or not. That's between you and God. So we want to always give an equal opportunity. And we don't know if little Miss Mary Q is going to walk in the side door toward the end of service. So we always want to give a gospel call at the very end of the service. The day we stop doing that, something's wrong. Look out. Run. 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 And does he follow up with his converts and bring them through discipleship? That's why we're rolling out what discipleship looks like. One man can't do everything. I admit, there's times I fail on that, following up. And it's horrible, and I feel bad, but at the end of the day, I'm one person. And thank God that God is building up guys around us and disciples and where we can pour into others and we can have discipleship and small groups and elders and deacons. And I want you to pay close attention to that deacon word because as I was telling somebody earlier, when we do roll out the deacons, it, it's not like a restaurant. You don't walk in and you uh, have your servers already out that's handed to you. You, the church, get to pick your servers. So if you get a bad server, guess what? You got a bad picker. That's on the church. Once you ought to read Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 7 this week. Start getting familiar with it. Because we're going to roll that out. Because it is your duty to vote for your deacons, your servants. And this will help us in the discipleship and following up with people. So I'm round and close on the pastoral stuff. We're getting ready to transition to the church member stuff, but can he be trusted? Can they be trusted with the other leadership to make sure that the money that is being received is dispersed wisely? This is key. Trusting in the leadership to make sure that the tithes and offerings is being dispersed wisely. And then is your pastor surrounded by life-changing miracles? 
See, the apostles back then, there was uh, no question about the power of God that, it, that was on the, the uh, apostles' lives back then. There was absolutely no question about that. You've seen the signs, wonders, and miracles, but do others see the power of God resting upon the ministry? Life-changing, transformation things happening through the preaching and proclamation of the Word of God. So what is required of salvation here? Repentance and faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Baptism does not save a person from his sin. But what it does do, it is a picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Your salvation is through your repentance and faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, not the water. The water is just a symbolic symbol. It's an ordinance. We're told to do it. That's why we must do it. Follow up in believers' baptism. And we are to be baptized because of the saving work of the grace that Christ has brought into our lives. You should be so excited about how God has redeemed you. You want to show the world. You want to say, look at me. I'm a believer. I believe in what he did. I have repented. So what is required for church membership at Vision of Hope Community Church? Two things. One, that a person is saved. Two, that a person is baptized. In our church covenant, them is the two absolute requirements for church membership. The two absolutes. So now flip the tables. What should be expected of being a church member? One, the loyalty to the leadership of the church. Notice that they in the early church continued in the apostles' doctrine. Acts 2.42 says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They devoted themselves to this. Secondly, living a life of holiness unto the Lord. I love what Peter says over in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16. It says this, he quoted Leviticus eleven forty four, but it says, Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. We are called to live holy, pursue holiness, and then serving the Lord by utilizing your spiritual gifts within the local church, within the body. You say, well, I don't have a gift or I don't know my gift. Get plugged in. You'll find it out real quick. Some people's gifts is uh, so known because even this morning, uh, one of my brothers says, are we doing lunch this week? Absolutely, because I need that time, that edification, the building up. And, and maybe you've walked in this morning and you need prayer. Well, there's a brother or a sister who operates really well in that gifting in that area, and they're able to use that to pray over you. Or maybe it's just your lovingness, you being that open ear listening to someone. These are all gifts we need to build the body. And then a hunger for the Word of God. You as a church member are to have a hunger for the Word of God. And not just on Sunday morning. Sunday morning's good. But what about Monday and Tuesday? What about Wednesday? Well, let's kick it out a little later. What about when the weekend starts? And it's Friday. And all hell's fitting to break loose. 
Are you tethered to the Word of God? Are you hungry for it? We should be. Acts 2.46, it said this, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Notice, and day by day, attending the temple together. Feasting on the Word of God. They didn't walk into the temple for some social gathering. They just didn't do that. It wasn't to walk in and talk about how UK beat LSU last night. And I'm happy for you UK fans, but look out come November because y'all going to be playing them Cardinals. And I'm hoping y'all's record from 6-0 and gets broken up because truthfully I am a Cardinal fan. But, but that's not what they went to the temple for to talk about that stuff. That was socializing. They went for the Word of God to be in fellowship with each other. That's what they went to the temple for. And they did it day by day. Then you should have a desire for Christian fellowship. That word fellowship there, koinonia. We are to pray daily for one another. Even in today, I need prayer. I need it. And you as a member of the body of Christ, it don't have to be Vision of Hope Community Church. Any part of the body, we are to pray daily for one another. So I'm asking you, I'm laying myself out there. Pray for me today. Pray for my family. I pray for yours. We should want to do that. Then we should faithfully be attending the services of the church. This is where it's going to get nitty gritty real quick. See, if they would choose to meet every day, certainly it should not be too much to ask of our people to meet for Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday night prayer. It's not too much. These guys were meeting daily, daily coming together. We get mad because we got to take out two hours of our Sunday. We act like it's too much. So the real question is this. Then you got to start examining yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, where your walk really is. Not saying you're not saved. Just saying start examining it. And we must lift up our hearts with songs of praise to the Lord. See, they were rejoicing. And they were praising people back then. Do you lift up your voice and sing when we have our praise and worship time together? Do you, or do we just kind of stand there mundane? You say, well, it's, it's a video. It don't matter that it's a video. You're doing it unto the Lord, not for yourself. These are things that we must do. We're called to do. So in closing, there, there's three conclusions here. Am I the pastor one that I ought to be? That's for you to examine, me to examine. Now you must ask yourself, am I a member of the local church? And here's the real one, the one that counts the most. Am I saved? That's something you have to ask. You have to ask, do I truly 
am I truly, truly redeemed? Am I truly covered under the blood of Jesus? And, and not just I say it, but am I truly covered under the blood of Jesus? And you'll know. You'll know because you'll know because even when you sin, you start being convicted of that. You have to repent, and, and you have this unction, this anointing from the Holy Spirit, and this conviction of the Holy Spirit that's within you. But if you're running around living a hellbound race and you're not convicted, then, then the, the odds are stacked against you that you're probably not saved. Either that or you're in a reprobate mind. Come home. Come home, sinner come home. Believe in his finished work of that cross. Believe in what he did. Repent. Trust in it. Don't just act on it. Be about it. Don't just be a hearer. Be a doer. Be a doer of the word. Dear Heavenly Father, as we get ready to stand and worship, Lord, my prayer is that if there is something that we need to lay down, let us lay it down. Let us give it to you. Father in heaven, I ask that you would search us deep, far and wide. Father, maybe someone does not know you. Let today be the day of salvation. Let them come down and, and say, hey, that's me. But maybe they don't even want to come down. Maybe right where they're at because nowhere does it say that you have to run to the preacher, man. No, it, it's personal. It's between you and God. Pastor William can't save you. God can save you. But maybe you have questions. Come ask. So, dear Heavenly Father, we love you today. Father, we give this whole service to you, Father, and we pray these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and worship.